friends, welcome to Springs and Roots. Many times in our fast-paced world, we don't have time for those God conversations that refresh us and bring life. The Springs and Roots podcast is an ongoing conversation between two friends demonstrating how our faith informs our lives. The roots of a tree hold it fast in place so that it won't be moved, while springs are fresh waters that bring life. The Springs and Roots podcast is meant to stir you up and refresh you as you continue to grow deep roots in God. Now let's jump into today's conversation with Linda Reed and Casey Watson. Linda, do you have a favorite Christmas memory? I do. Chris actually asked me to marry him on Christmas Eve. Oh. I didn't know that. Yes. And um, it was actually 11 months to the day since we had started dating, was ended up being Christmas Eve. And I was anticipating him asking me to marry him all evening. So we went to church. We did the candlelight service, which is usually one of my favorites. Yeah. Then we went to dinner and then we were coming home and we were in the driveway and we were going to my parents' house. And my parents have a long driveway. It's about a half a mile. Okay. And I was just starting to cry because I was like, he doesn't love me. (laughs) He's not going to marry me. (laughs) And right then, he stops the car, and he actually had written me a poem. And it was a beautiful poem. And he asked me to marry him. And I had completely forgotten, but it was right there in that spot in the driveway, 11 months to the day earlier, that we confessed our feelings for each other, that we really, you know, cared for each other. And that's when we started dating. So he did it in the exact same spot. So right as I had given up hope, oh, yeah, he asked me to yeah. marry him, and then we went home, and my parents <laughs> oh, were waiting up for us, and they, you know, we told them, and then they went to bed, and then we spent probably the next hour. We, I don't know, I mean, I definitely was. We were in our twenties because I laid flat on my back in underneath the Christmas tree, and we looked up Aww. underneath the Christmas tree into the lights for about probably an hour. And then he went home. How romantic. Yes. I love that story. That's a great Christmas story. I know. I'm glad I remember that. I Yeah, I'm glad you thought of it. I mean, I didn't know that story about you guys. That's really awesome. So what about you? What do you, what's your favorite Christmas thing? I have nothing that can compare to that (laughs) um, whatsoever. But I think um, one of my favorite moments, it's just kind of a general thing, is Christmas Eve. Jonathan and I usually will put the kids to bed. They're always eager to go to bed on Christmas Eve. And we'll dim the lights and have the Christmas lights on. And we usually watch a movie. We usually fight over what movie we're going to watch because <laughs> he thinks that Die Hard is like a Christmas movie. And so that's usually the movie that he wants to watch. <laughs> but we'll usually put a Christmas movie on and we're cozy on the couch. And we'll have a glass of wine or a drink or hot cocoa or hot apple cider or something like that. And there's just a quiet stillness that settles on the couch and it's usually after make sure no kids are listening it's usually after he's put all the presents under the tree and like arranged all the presents and so we see the fullness of the tree and it's just kind of this special moment and so it's not one general thing it's just a moment every year Mm. we're always like this is my favorite part it's just that stillness and the quiet before the crazy so i love that good Good. Can't wait till Christmas. I know. Well, and then let's talk about like this, what you were saying, this expectant hope right before you've given up hope. It leads in perfectly to what we want to talk about today. Yes. I mean, Christmas is all about a promise. 
It's all about a promise that God made to his people, Israel, that he was going to send a Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we forget, like, even that word promise. Like, there was a promise that God made all the way back in Abraham or to Abraham in Genesis. Yeah. He said, Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so one of the promises, so he made promises all throughout the Old Testament for the Messiah. Yeah. And one that you were looking at the other day, which honestly, this is, I think this is one that people do read a lot during Christmas time is Isaiah 11. Mm -hmm. And I'll just read the first verse. It says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. I'll read verse two. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh. So good. I love it. And it works so well with our uh, podcast, our title, The Idea of Springs and Roots. Yes. That from the stump of Jesse, which represents the lineage, the, the lineage of Jesus and Jesse was... The father of David, so that's what that what that's what this reference is. Right from this lineage that will be cut off because over and over again the people of Israel will be taken into exile, and so there won't be a ruler over them that's from their tribe, from right. their nation, um, for many many years. And so that's what this is referencing: this idea that they've been cut off, but from that a branch will come. So again, we come back to. The importance of having deep roots, because when the stump has been chopped, yes, or when the tree rather has been chopped to a stump, there is still hope. Yes, there's still life. There's still life. Yeah, there's still life. And yeah. even though it's buried deep, mm-hmm. and people can't see it, yeah, because that's where the root is. It's deep. People can't see it. There's still hope and there's still life. Yeah. And the the word dormant comes from a Latin word that means to sleep or to slumber. So, I mean, the idea of dormancy is just not dead. You're not dead. You're just sleeping. And so that kind of picture is what the Israelites, you know, they would have recognized this imagery and would have seen that and known that. But they, you know, this left them waiting. There's 400 years. They're waiting for their Messiah. They're waiting. and waiting for their promise. For the promise. Yeah. Yeah, and so Israel at this time when Jesus was born, you know, though the Hebrews were back in the land of their promise, they were not ruling that land. The Romans Romans, were in rulership over the land. And it's just such a cool thing that God did because, you know, first of all, he used Mary and Joseph and, you know, who are they? They're nobodies, except that they were in the lineage. They were in the lineage. They were in the root. She has her baby, you know, in this unimportant place, uh-huh. but in the right place, the town of David. Yeah. And this ruler of the whole world gets born, you know, in a basically a little stable under the rulership of Rome, who could be considered one of the greatest, you know, empires, empires of the world. Yeah. And so God plants his little tiny ruler in the form of a little baby, and he is the promise for the whole world. Yeah. So what you said, Casey, I loved it, was God's plan is not dead just because he is silent. Yeah. As I was reading this verse and studying this, I just felt like he kept saying that to me. My plan is not dead because I'm silent. 
Yes. Yeah. Or because you can't see what I'm doing. Yeah. Because it's the roots. Yes. It just goes all back to what we're saying. It's because it's the root. The roots are there and he's either building your roots or bringing life from them, but it takes a little while to get there because the yes. leaves are what the leaves are what bring photosynthesis. That's what feeds the plant. So when those are dead, all the energy has to come from the roots. When there's no more leaves to provide yes. sustenance for the plant, all that has to come up from the roots, whatever is stored in the root. So it takes a little while. It's not a quick and easy process. So yeah, I don't know. I was really encouraged by that. I needed to hear it. And I think it's, it's applicable to the story. Yes of the Israelites waiting for the promised Messiah. They're waiting and waiting and waiting. So there's that expectancy again, that, that, that just, that kind of like on the edge of their seat. I think you were reading a verse about them looking at John the Baptist and saying, is he the one? So there's like this idea that they're probably looking and waiting. Prophets had been silent for a while too. So they're kind of looking like at anybody at this point, they're probably going, are you, are you the one? Is it you? I love that idea. And that picture, and it, and it works for the story, but it works for our lives. Right. Yeah, so what promise are you waiting for right now that may still be in root form, mm-hmm. that may still be unseen, but nevertheless, yeah. the promise is there, just like the promise of the Messiah was there for Israel, but people couldn't see what was happening. People couldn't see that God was going to use a little, you know, young virgin maid to birth his amazing ruler who will be king of the universe and is king of the universe. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so what promise are we waiting for um, or what plan are, is has God told us that he has in store for us? Yeah. But because either maybe we feel he's silent or we don't see where he's working, um, that we should in this Christmas season stir up and remind ourselves of the promise and anticipate, have an eager expectation and anticipation that God is going to fulfill his promise just like he did by sending Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, let us hold unswavering to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Right. So he's faithful but it's like we have to rest in that and but i think we your like your point is we have to call it to mind yes. we can't let it die right we can't assume that because everything's been cut down or he's silent or things aren't going the way that we expected them to that the promise is dead yeah because he is a promise keeper he is faithful so if that's the case what yes. he says will come to well pass. and i think that's kind of where the springs comes in uh, not to <laughs> go too much on our name again but um, the springs that are the water that kind of mm-hmm. rejuvenate and bring life. It takes our yes and our continual yes. It takes our faith yeah. and our continual faith. It takes us confessing and continually believing that the promise is real, that the promise is there. Yeah. I think about how, first of all, when the angel came to Mary, she was just, I mean, she was just such a young girl, but what did she say? Let it be unto me as you have said. So that was kind of like her adding her water to it. Like, yes, you know, I will do this. That was her yes. Her yes. And then if you think about when Mary and Joseph brought 
Jesus into the temple to be dedicated, you had Anna, the prophetess, who was there waiting with anticipation and expectancy for the Messiah. You have Simeon. He was there. He was waiting. They weren't slack. They could have been at home saying, oh God, we're old people. The promise is gone or I'm too old. The promise is past. No. Where were they? They were in the temple waiting waiting for the Messiah. So there is... It's an active waiting. Um, it's an active, you know, yeah. sp- you know, it's that springing up of recalling God's promises. In Hebrews, just a little, a few verses after that last one I read, it says, "For in just a very little while, he who's he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and he and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him." But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. So to me, this is kind of this person, like you're saying, waiting, pressing Mm -hmm. forward with expectancy, not giving up, not losing hope, trusting that he is faithful to his word. He is faithful. I mean, it's the, you know, in the next passage in Hebrews, it's the heroes, you know, the hall of heroes, as it's called, all of um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, just, you know, the lineage going back and everything that they did. And the verse says very clearly that they were all still living by faith when they died, that they hadn't received what they had been promised, but they knew they were coming and they were looking forward. So I think it's a recognition that the promise is still there. Even if we pass, he lives in an eternal world. Time is nothing to him. So it's kind of a remembering of just hold fast to that. Yes. If he promised it, he will be faithful to it, even if he is silent. Yeah, says good. Yeah, it's really hopeful. I think it's really hopeful. Yes, for me, which is what we need. You know, it's the reminder of this season to yeah. hope in the promises of God because He's faithful. Yeah. When we um, moved here recently, um, we moved here without a job. We moved here without a home. We moved here because we felt like the Lord had told us to come and we came expecting the doors to open and for things to happen. And that didn't happen right away. And, and, and I will just honestly say it threw us into like a little bit of a panic. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Crud. Did we hear wrong? Did you, did we misinterpret what you were saying and the signs that you were giving us and the things that you were doing in our lives? Did we read those wrong? Did we put the puzzle pieces together incorrectly? I mean, it really did cause a big pause in our spirit to be like, oh crap, (laughs) what have we done? And, and it wasn't so much that we doubted his word. It was more that we doubted our interpretation of it. Right. But still, that was a lo- like a lack of faith. We were expecting him to just meet our needs immediately. And, and he did, in fact, meet our needs. It just was on his timetable. We were never wanting. We were never without. But what I had to remind myself was this very thing. Um, was that just because he's silent, just because it's not happening so quickly, just because there's space and time and it's not in the timetable I thought it was going to happen, it doesn't mean that what we heard was incorrect or what he said was wrong or that it won't happen. It just means that I have to wait. Yeah. And that's where the obedience comes in, I think. Yeah. And somebody, somebody needs to hear that today because there are people, I mean, I know people, I myself am this people (laughs) of, um, just having to continually, you know, believe, believe the word of God and believe that it's, 
it is his timing. And that is when he sent his son in the fullness of time. That's when Jesus was born. And so there is a timing with the Lord. We don't always know his timing. And I think that a lot of times he doesn't want us to because he wants us to stir up our faith and he wants us to be looking for him and looking for what he's going to do. It's like the state of readiness that he wants us to, to be in. Um, And, and not in a striving way, but in a relational way. You yeah. Know? Well, and he wants a, us to rely on, be reliant on him. Yes. And to be looking towards him yes. and what, what it's like, um, I know there's a Psalm, I can't think of it, but it's like a, a person would look to their, their master. You know, I think yeah. David said something like that. Like he looks to him, you know, what is my master saying? Yeah. What is my master's heart? Yeah. What is his desire right now? And as we constantly, you know, set our focus upon him then we know that we're going to have it, whatever it is that day. If it's wait, if it's due, if it's rest, if it's, you know, whatever it may be, that's what we can do. I think there's two verses that come to mind and they're, they're in contrast to one another. And I'm going to read the negative. Okay. It's not negative. I think it has a lot of weight to it, but it's the verse in Habakkuk and it's Habakkuk three. And it says, uh, let's see, 17, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And it goes on to say that the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer and he enables me to go to the heights. So that's this idea of in the waiting, though we're not seeing the things come to fruition in the time that we were expecting or hoping or wanting, um, still there's a choice to praise. And I think we talked about that in our Thanksgiving podcast about how there's a sacrifice of praise. And I think this is kind of where that comes in. This is a, okay, I don't see it, but I'm going to praise you. And that's the, that's yes. what they're saying. The, the, the hall of faith people in Hebrews 11, that's what they're saying. They didn't see it They They didn't, it didn't come in their time. They died still hoping and yes, still, still waiting looking. in faith, but they knew they saw that what would be, they saw the yes. promise of what would be, and they believed in it in the waiting in the, the silence. We're going to this verse and we're saying, okay, even though still, I will praise you. Yes. Like still I choose. And, and so if we wanted to put it even back in the context of Christmas, it's like there may be some years where you can say, I don't have the money to spend on the presents that I want for my kids. Yeah. But I'll still praise you. I don't have my relationships with my family or friends aren't where I want them to be, but I'll still praise you. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like I don't have the latest Christmas decorations, but I'll still <laughs> praise you. You know, I mean, it's literally, it's stuff it like that. It's just, it's constantly remembering that everything doesn't have to be perfect for us to praise God and to eagerly anticipate, have an expectation of him and his goodness yeah. meeting us. I mean, there's been Christmases where Chris and I are like, yeah, we don't have much money to spend on the kids. And I mean, we tell them that so they don't have a bad expectation. <laughs> like we tell them ahead of time. And then there's Christmases where we say this year has been really good and we can spend more. And I have total freedom in that yeah. because it's okay. It's not going to change, you know, our joy and it's not going to change, you know, so like yeah. just even remembering that in the yeah. mind of Christmas. Yeah. I think as you're talking too, I think it puts us in a place of contentment and being yes. content with what we have. 
And contentment isn't settling. No. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Contentment is just being happy and finding joy and pleasure in what you have. Yes. And not always feeling the need to strive for more. Yes. Settling is going, well, I guess this will have to do. Yeah, or that's give a up. different, that's a different, that's a different mindset that we're talking yeah. about. But I think that what you're saying is, you know, thanking him for what you have, it brings us to a place of contentment yeah. and that and and that allows us, I think, to wait a little yes. longer when we're in that waiting. It gives us that okay, I can do this because what I have is enough for now. Yeah. I mean, it's the the principle of the daily bread. He gives us what we need when we need it. That's right. And so it's like, you can be content because on the years that we didn't have as much, did I still pray and say, Lord, financial breakthrough? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I did. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I could be content with the, you know, three presents that we could get each one of the kids. And I would still continue to press in to pray the Lord for, you know, the breakthrough in finances. So it's, it's the beauty of the freedom that we actually have in knowing the Lord. So we know his faithfulness, we can declare it towards the future, but we can also be content when it's like the verse that you just read, you know, the barns are empty, the fields are empty, but I will still praise you. And gosh, that's a, that's a free way to live. Well, because he says he who is faithful with little will be given much, right? So, I mean, it's the, that principle in action. He wants to know, I, I think he just wants to know the posture of our heart. Like, yes. do we recognize that what we have is enough and, and enough in him because yes. it's from him, right? So I think it's just that desire. Like, he's not going to give us more than what we're able to handle. And if we can't prove faithful with what we have when it's little, then how can we contain and handle yes. when it's the blessing, when it's the overflow? That's good. I think that that, that's, we miss that principle, I think, a Mm -hmm. lot in lives. We, we want everything all at once and we miss that idea that there's a waiting. Yes. That there's a silence. Um, the flip side to all this, I think is this verse in Job. And I love this verse. It's just a beautiful um, passage. It's Job 14, seven, seven, verse seven through verse nine. And it says, at least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground, and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. And I just think that that is this exact thing, this root of Jesse, right? Yes. That, that, that we're talking about, this, this, this time of, it's a stump. All we have is a stump. There is no tree. That was Israel. They were a stump. Right. There's <laughs> no tree. There's no branches. There's no fruit. Right. All it is is a stump. But the roots are there. And at the right time, the shoot comes forth. And look at what happened. Because the roots were there, because there were deep roots, the branch, the branch, capital letters, title yes. here, the branch, a.k.a. Jesus, <laughs> was able to come and mm-hmm. grow because the roots were there. Yes. So as you were saying that, I was picturing the the person, you know, whether it's a mom or dad or husband or wife or brother or sister who has a family member that they're going to see this Christmas mm-hmm. that is a non-believer. Yeah. Or I should say... They're not walking out their faith, but they have roots. They, they are the stump, you know, basically God has, you know, promised some things, but maybe they're not walking with the Lord or maybe they've completely backslidden, but it's like, that was a beautiful picture that you just painted. Like that's Israel, but that could be people right now too. And you don't see any fruit in their life. All they look like is just a 
ugly stump. Because honestly, if I see a tree stump, I don't look at it and go, oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> if I see a big, beautiful tree, I'll say it's pretty. Right. And so it's an encouragement for people. Mm-hmm. Like when you're around those loved ones and you're not seeing the fruit and they just look like a stump, declare God's faithfulness oh, yeah. over them. That's don't so speak to them as the stump. Speak to them as the stem that they're going to shoot forth the life of God. And you be the spring. You be the water to them, water them with your words, water them with your love. Um, Just, I don't know. That's just a, that somebody will hear that. And I know that that's going to be, I'm hearing that that's for me. That's (laughs) so good. That's so good because I'm just thinking of even like the moms who have been praying for their kids, for their grown kids or the spouses that are praying for a husband or for a wife or you're praying for a father or a mother who, you know, any, it could be anybody, but this is a season of like togetherness and family. So it's probably going to be family and you've been praying and you've been believing. And I love that idea of don't see the stump, see the tree. Mm -hmm. And our words have so much power. So let's speak as if they're the tree. Let's speak into them as if they're that big, beautiful tree that they will be and be the water. I love that. What a great encouragement because there's so many people that they have roots in the Lord you know whether it was they were in church when they were younger or their parents taught them right but maybe they didn't choose it you know for themselves whatever it is there there's so many people that have some kind of root and you know we just need to be the ones watering it I love that don't give up Merry Christmas you guys I hope that you're encouraged by this as I've been I want to go back and listen yeah. needed this today yeah it's the season of promises being fulfilled and just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not working yeah it's good thanks for joining us this week on springs and roots If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. We look forward to chatting with you next week on the Springs and Roots podcast.